prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to the Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK. With me is the glitch. Yo, Craig, what's going on? I hope you don't mind silence, uh, Glitch, because uh, this is how we're going to present this episode as a silent film. All right, I'll get my keyboard out. Please do. Uh, it, but if it doesn't catch on, I, I, I'm i kind of, I, I just, I don't know that uh, this whole audio podcast thing is really going to catch on, Glitch. Yeah, we can, let's just wait three years after it really takes off. And then try and get into the game. That's that's a good call. Let's do it that way. Okay. Uh, today, it, we are covering Felix the Cat, released uh, by Hudson Soft for the Nintendo in October of 1992. This action platformer stars the classic cartoon character who must rescue his girlfriend from an evil scientist. That is the story. The story of Felix's life, I feel like, from the 50s... So now, so glitch. Are you ready for a history lesson when it comes to Felix the Cat? Wait. So when you messaged me, let's do Felix the Cat. You wanted to talk about the cartoon. Maybe that does little. not seem anything like you, Craig. You wanted to talk about an animated series turned into a video game. You wanted to chat about the animated series and the history and the cartoons and the maybe a pinch. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go into it. So Felix the Cat is a character that I don't think needs much of an introduction. He is one of the most popular, the world's most popular cartoon characters. Uh, in 1919, he began as a silent cartoon created by Pat Sullivan and Otto Mesmer, who became uh, one of the first cartoons to gain worldwide popularity. Uh, by 1923, there was a comic strip based off him. Uh, you know, he, he had like, I, I think that he might be the first cartoon character that had like merchandising. Yeah. Uh, but by the later half of the 1920s, sound pictures started to become more popular. Mickey Mouse was getting big. And, uh, the two creators, they didn't think that it would be a thing. Apparently, a lot of uh, 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 filmmakers back then thought that sound was a gimmick. You know, yeah. like we view 3D. <laughs> In VR. Yeah. Stuff like that. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, uh, in 1929, they changed their minds, but it was too little too late. Yeah. And so uh, in 1932, they closed down their studio. Uh, though another studio ended up doing like a few more Felix cartoons in 36. I, uh, well, it's getting to a point where I have to say 1936 because hmm. we're almost, yeah, we lap. I mean, we lapped essentially the century of Felix the cat already. Yeah. I had to specify 1919 or else people <laughs> might've been like, uh, just came out the other year. That's weird. I right? remember this. Oh man, silent cartoons in 1919 or, or two, uh, 2019. That doesn't sound right. I, uh, but I, uh, 
1953, they rebooted Felix the Cat into a cartoon series where they added side characters and gave Felix a magic bag of tricks, which will, you know, play into this game we're uh, about to get to. Uh, and the bag of tricks could, like, literally do anything. Yeah, it was a bag of magic, basically. Yeah, it, it, it was, was a magical bag. Whatever the cartoon makers wanted the bag to do, the bag could do. Uh, and that's where uh, Felix the Cat's history starts getting weirder after that. So in 1985 Glitch, they started production on a movie. And the movie didn't really go very smooth. No. 1991... <laughs> we had uh, the release of that movie, but because it was so crummy, they released it straight to video. And oh lord, glitch! Did you did you see any of this movie before? Did you watch? So it? I've I've seen clips of it, and it's like he goes on an adventure to fight like dragons and wizards or something. I I couldn't remember. It's very odd for the setting. Yeah, he Felix goes to like another world. Where he 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 like takes the the evil scientist guy with him, who's now a friend or whatever. I don't know. So the the villain of this video game we're playing is like a side character good guy in the movie, and yeah, he goes to like a fantasy world and has to like rescue a princess from like this like evil like you know scary lord guy. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it, but it does not look good at all. The animation's pretty crummy. Uh, it, it's it's like the, the voice acting's not great. The plot is dumb. It's just all around not a very good movie. I, I think that if it had come out in 86, 87, maybe, maybe there would have been a chance. The animation, you know, because, you know, you got to think, uh, animated movies in 90. One, you know, we had like Beauty and the Beast by yeah, because Disney started picking back up by the nineties. Well, in we the eighties, it was kind of like their their downtime. We had Little Mermaid by then. I'm trying to think if uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast had come out by then. So Beauty and the Beast, I want to say ninety two. Oh, I'm not the Disney guy, so actually, don't I, quote me on any of that. I, I think you're right, though. It was early nineties, so it, it probably I think it came out right before then. But like, yeah, you had movies like that. That were, you know, even like uh, it wasn't very financially successful, I don't think. But uh, The Great Mouse Detective from Disney, mm-hmm. another awesome movie. And it had stellar animation and uh, Felix the Cat did not <laughs> match up. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, and so by the uh, mid uh, 90s, we had uh, have you ever seen the twisted world of Felix the Cat? Uh, I believe that's the one I watched as a kid. Uh, it was, I watched an episode actually in preparation for this episode. I watched like a whole episode and it didn't really hold up especially great. No, (laughs) the animation's not terrible, but it feels like a poor man's, uh, like Ren and Stimpy or Rocco's modern life. I feel like that's what they were trying to capture. Yeah. Uh, a little more goofy and kind of like off the wall. Yeah, which I I think is fine. I, I think for it, that era, that was the direction to go. But I just don't think they did that great of a job. The jokes and, and slapstick don't really match up that great. So I just remember the, the last thing I remember from Felix, like in general, was they had like a baby 
animated series or something. It was like Baby Felix or something. The Adventures of surprised. Baby Felix. Yeah. And it was like it was like I was in high school, so it was like early two thousands or something. Yeah, I, I I've never seen that. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Twisted World of Felix the Cat in the nineties, but not that much. It certainly wasn't one of my favorites. Uh, but I, uh, yeah. So so Felix the Cat has a crazy history, and it's weird that it it is so popular because honestly. It, the the 50s cartoon isn't that great. The silent era films are are pretty good for their time. Though now when you go back to watch them it's like, "Oh wow, there's a lot of racism in here." <laughs> Have you did, by the way, did you watch uh Feline Follies? Did you watch that in preparation for this? Oh, the like the uh original The very first, yeah, the 1919. I uh, I recently and honestly, it's not because I, I was prepping for this episode. I just like old cartoons. And so uh, in the last few months, I did watch a uh, uh, a Felix the Cat cartoon from the silent era. Uh, but it was uh, I think it was one where like he like goes out and like gets drunk and like needs to sneak back into his house or else his wife is going to like, you know, kick him out or something. It's so weird. So uh and honestly, like, I don't really remember the entire story of the first one, but at the end, he gets really depressed mm-hmm. and he um, he sucks gas and kills himself. Oh, as one does when you're Felix the Cat in a 1919 cartoon. <laughs> Good Lord, that is dark. Yeah, it was pretty dark. I, I was actually surprised. I turned to uh, Daniel. I was like, wait. Did we just see what I think we just saw? I need to rewind this. And she's like, yeah, no, that's that's exactly what that is. I mean, let's face it, the, the, even into the, the 40s, like that dark humor n- did not go away. Like cartoons have typically always had oh, yeah. uh, a weird dark. Yeah, you know, there's episodes of like Bugs Bunny cartoons yeah, where they shoot themselves or whatever. You know, it's, it's there's a there's a lot of banned Looney Tune episodes that you can't even get anymore because of things like that. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you go through uh, if, if you have uh, HBO Max, you have access to uh, currently it's on HBO Max. It might be on another streaming service before long. Uh, heck have I now. But uh, uh, if you go through the collection of Looney Tunes episodes, you can see that it's like you know season one not that they're really in seasons but it'll it's split apart and it's like season one and it's like episode two episode five six nine and it's like oh (laughs) those are just episodes that are either racist or just you can't show because they're that dark oh okay cool right uh yeah there there is a a a ludicrous amount of racism in those old cartoons and uh felix is no exception I, the the sad thing about Felix the Cat is I feel like it's an example of an icon used poorly, like just presented mm-hmm. poorly. Like it was so big in the in the teens and the early 19, 1920s. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, it was like the it was the first big balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Like that's how iconic Felix was. And it just you know, Mickey Mouse took off and Felix could never catch up and forever would just stand in the shadows. Mm-hmm. It was the cat that lost to the mouse. I mean, that's yeah. it's the story, you know, that's that ba- dates back all, all the way to the 20s, which is just sad because I really do like Felix. He's such a fun character. He's goofy. He's silly. He's always getting into trouble. 
And uh, it just, no one really knew how to market it, I think. Yeah, it's interesting to think that uh, uh, Mickey Mouse is a character uh, that, you know, does not look for trouble. Trouble finds Mickey Mouse, and Mickey Mouse has to deal with that trouble. Bugs Bunny is a character who, maybe not in his earlier episodes, but as they perfected the formula, he was a character that certainly dished out trouble, but only after trouble found him. You know, he never, they didn't want to portray Bugs Bunny as a bully. He would only lash out at others after they had wronged him. Felix the Cat is kind of the opposite. He kind of went looking for trouble. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's kind of a fun aspect that you can play up for a character. And, you know, it, it they, yeah, they didn't handle him very well. And by the 50s, you know, let's face it, they they were mostly cashing in on the popularity of Felix, slapped a magic bag on him, and they were like, he can do whatever, all right, cool. And then, you know, it was like, uh, 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 you know, the 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 villain of a, like a cereal commercial, like, oh, I need to get those sugar <laughs> frosted crunchies, you know, it's like, oh, I need to get that bag, you know, it was like, you know, it was, that's just how they rolled with it. And then, uh, uh, you know, they they didn't do a stellar job by any stretch of the imagination with the movie. And that leads us into the game, because that movie is why I think they must have pushed Hudson Soft or Hudson Soft got a hold of the licensing to hype up the movie. It came out a year after the movie released. Yeah. And it's based on, like, you know, the whole idea of him having the magic bag, like the 50s and 60s cartoons had. Mm hmm. And I mean, that's that's where we get Felix and his girlfriend, Kitty, and the evil scientist wanting his back. And that's where the story kind of takes place in this game. Yeah. And uh, uh, I it's interesting because the twisted uh, tales of Felix come out a few years later. And at first, I almost thought maybe it was to hype that up, just sort of to just this resurgence of Felix. And maybe in general it was. But uh, uh, the characters from that cartoon are not in this game. This is all the stuff from like the 50s and then by extension, the movie. And so, yeah, I think this was more about the 50s cartoon and the the movie. Uh, But I let's chat uh, maybe a little bit about uh, the video game. Yeah. So when did you first play this? I rented this as a kid from the video store and did enjoy it. But by the time I rented it, it wasn't long till the Super Nintendo came out. And I just never really looked back at Felix the Cat. Yeah, that's a sad story for a lot of those games that got really super late into the cycle of the NES. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, oh, I want to say this was a game that we owned, and then I sold to Funko Land uh, to pay for our Super Nintendo because we sold off a bunch of games so that we could buy a used Super Nintendo. Now, in hindsight, we know that Funko Land gave you nothing next to its real worth and that, you know, uh, it was probably better just to spend the money on it. But let's face it, back then, uh, kids like us, you know, it wasn't like we could always get the newest and best video game stuff that we wanted. So we kind of had to make those sacrifices back then. Yep, it was sad. It was a very tough thing to do. And I feel like I'm pretty sure all the games I had sold at that time, I've gotten back into my collection over the years. Um, Felix the Cat definitely be in one of them. I got it right here. Oh, nice. And, nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, well, you know, we played it as a kid. It kind of, it's weird because Felix 
had a bit of a history in our family. I feel like more than most kids in you know our age, because a lot of people I feel like, especially now, Felix the Cat was iconic, but is he still iconic nowadays? Mm, maybe not. DreamWorks. So much. Oh, who who owns them now? Universal. Whoa. I know DreamWorks did for a little bit, <laughs> but it literally just had its 100 year anniversary on you know in 2019 and they did nothing not a thing absolutely nothing nothing's been released for like seven years as far as felix the cat goes Uh and it's sad because you know no this generation's not going to really know much about it but for us my grandfather's name was felix and he had the felix the cat clock and my cousin uh ended up you know my grandfather's passed now but he my grandfather always used to whistle He'd whistle all the time. Anytime he was doing something yard, when people came over, he'd always catch him whistling. So my cousin got a tattoo of Felix on his shoulder whistling. Felix oh, that's cool. Which is like a perfect homage to to him and a great example because he did. He loved he loved that cartoon. He thought it was great. I, he, he wasn't a big fan of his name, Felix. But, uh, you know, it was the correlation between the two. And th- that's kind of what got us into knowing the series. And we that's why we probably own the game was, oh, it's grandpa, you know, grandpa. This is his name right there. Let's get Felix the cat. I, uh, I, it's, it's interesting because, uh, uh, I, I look at it differently. I think of the name Felix and I think, oh, now that is a pretty cool name. Like that's a, a, a fairly unique name, I think, mm-hmm. because it, I think it probably was pretty popular a long time ago, but it had a long stretch where it wasn't a very popular name. You don't really meet too many young people named Felix. And I think that that is, a, a really you know an interesting name you know like like you know in my when i was a kid the name matt was a dime a dozen you know like everybody was named matt or you know matthew uh but i didn't know anyone named felix yeah he was named after his grandfather who was felice oh. uh and then you know uh my grandpa was the first of his generation to be born in america and i think his father was like i don't want it to be so italian I'll name him Felix, but still have that representation. Oh, I see. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that was a lot of the ideas was like, oh, I won't call him Antonio. I'll call him Anthony. I won't call him Giuseppe. I'll call him Joseph. And that's kind of how all that, you know, well, they wanted to Americanize the names to not sound as, you know, no, I feel like in that era, people didn't want them to really know they were, you know, Italian. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, Italians were pretty heavily persecuted when they were arriving over initially. I mean, nowadays, no, you know, that that's not the case necessarily, uh, which, you know, I mean, there's racist, ignorant people everywhere. I can't say that it's 100 percent not the case. Yep. But regardless, uh, you know, nowadays it's not so bad. But, yeah, back then. Oh, yeah. No, it, people didn't like the Italians coming over. That was <laughs> that was. Yeah, they, they were up in arms about that, uh, you know, because they were ignorant. And uh, so let's cycle back to the game. Because we, we keep going on these things. Oh, right. Yeah, the game. But, uh, I mean, so it was a, it was a great platformer. Uh, I loved it. I thought the controls in this game are still great if you play today. It's very accurate controls. Yeah, they're solid. The, the, it is a, 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 for being a, a cash-in on a movie property or a cartoon property that just recently had a movie, they had no business making this game as good as it is because it is a solid platformer. Yeah. And the the unique thing about it is you have like these power ups. So depending on what stage you're in, because there's like flying stages, there's games where you're platforming, there's, ga- ga- you know, sorry, not games, levels where you're underwater. Mm-hmm. So depending on what stage you're in, uh, you get certain power ups. And how it worked was basically there's all these like Felix the Cat icons throughout the stage. 
And if you collected enough so that your number of total collected ended in five, you got milk, which gave you health and points. Mm -hmm. Now, the health is useless until you get a power up. How they worked were once your number of collected ended in a zero, you got a heart and it would power you up. It's kind of like it's kind of like a mushroom. So if you're Mario and you're small Mario and you get a mushroom, you're big Mario. Yeah. And then if you get, you know, the flower power, now you're flower power Mario. So now you're like double powered. So if you get hit, you go back to big and then you get hit again, you go back to small. It's kind of like that. And then if you collected enough heart, you know, cat heads, you got a free guy. And then if you're perfectly powered up, you would get more free guys that way too. So it's really easy to get free guys in this game, which you'll find like when you go through the first world, you'll finish and you'll have like 40 lives. Like it's super easy. It's not a difficult game as long as you, you know, don't make mistakes. I, so I have a list of all the transformation things that Felix gets his power. Yeah, go through them. Uh, so he can become a magician. He can get on a bike. Uh, he can jump in a tank, fly in an umbrella, a hot air balloon, a plane, he can uh, uh, paddle around in a canoe. He can ride a dolphin. He can ride a turtle and a submarine. And if you go into space, he jumps into a UFO. Yeah, the UFO stage is great. It's it's a lot of fun. The, the, I think the flying levels where you're in the plane and stuff are the best ones. I uh, and then uh, I I I will say it is uh, uh, a nice twist on. Well, maybe not a nice twist. A lot of it is pretty commonplace, the levels, because we have Grasslands, Desert, starting almost just like Mario 3, Grass, Desert, mm-hmm. Mountain, Island, Jungle, which I thought was an interesting wrinkle, Ice, and then Space, which is not very common at all, unless it's uh, Mario Land uh, 2. Two. Interesting you say that. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh, um, but yeah, so it 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 controls so well. Like it, it's really hard for me to explain. It's just surprising. Like mm-hmm. if you were to pick this game up and play it, you know, a lot of the platformers were clunky on the NES. Oh, I mean, even sure. in There's the some. late life cycle of it. Um, and I know, especially because we just recently did Little Samson too, where I blabbed on about how great the con- the platforming was. I would say this one's even like more accurate. Like you just, I feel like the mistakes you make with your platforming are all user. Based. like it's, it's yourself you did it to yourself kind of thing yeah they i mean let's face it the platformers mm-hmm. on the nintendo that can't all be mario 3 and kirby's adventure you know it, like they're, they're not all great and so yeah like there's a lot of platformers that were kind of crappy but felix the cat controls really well uh it uh it has a lot of interesting power-ups interesting levels uh hudson soft did a really good job with this licensed game, which, as we've stated, like a lot of licensed games are not that good. No, and especially for Felix, who has kind of been on its way out several times before. Mm-hmm. Well, let's face it. he uh, Felix, almost from the moment he started, has been on the way out. In the 1920s, he, you know, they didn't jump to sound. They finally jumped to sound, but it was too little too late. They jumped to the 50s, and that cartoon didn't really take off and become huge and keep going. They tried a movie, and it didn't work. They tried a 90s reboot, and it didn't really work. Felix's entire existence has been him just not performing as well as he should. And so if you want to look at the Felix continuity... 
comic strips, movies, cartoons, the whole nine yards, Macy's Day balloons, whatever. I feel like the video game might be one of the best outings that Felix has had. Oh, man, you, you actually might be right. In fact, I appreciate as you go through that timeline, you don't talk about anything in the 70s because nothing nothing happened for Felix in the 70s. Nothing. No, nothing? And don't look it up. Nobody look it up. Nothing happened for Felix in the 70s. Oh, now I'm kind of curious. Yes, nothing. But anyways, uh, I mean, so, in you know, to talk about the fact that it kind of was late into the life cycle, uh, I do have the current price for Felix the Cat on the NES. So I did look it up, and I do have the last four months averaged, okay. plus $2 shipping. Um, since it's NES, uh, we're not doing complete, so no box. It's just the loose cartridge itself. Loose cartridge itself. I'm going to say uh, $30. Uh, it is currently averaged for $74.42. <laughs> Good Lord, 70 bucks for the loose cartridge? It is definitely a pricey one. I I mean, I suppose it was a, a later NES game that they probably didn't make a ton of copies of. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I can imagine that. Shoot, I, I'd have said 30 and then the uh, uh, complete in box was like 100 or something. And the, the unusual thing about this game is the fact that it wasn't released in Japan. Really? It was canceled in Japan. And uh, which is so odd because I feel like anywhere currently, the biggest hype for Felix the Cat is in Japan because the Japanese culture loves Hello Kitty and the cat stuff. If you look it up like right now, Felix the Cat is still big in Japan. I I guess I'm not entirely surprised. I uh, I uh, you know it, it does seem like a character like Felix the cat would probably catch on in Japan. Yeah, he's cutesy. He's funny looking. He's got the adorable face. I mean, who? What is there not to love about Felix? Uh, his early racism. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I can think of though. I uh, glitch. I uh, uh, I'm sure that the speed running stuff in a game like Felix has got to be, you know, more interesting than some of the other games that we, we cover, right? Like what, what kind of speed run stuff is there for uh, Felix? There's actually a lot of history about this game. I feel like a lot of the platformers on the NES have a bigger history than any of the other genres for the NES. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, so currently there isn't any percent. Um, and that's just, you know, racing through the, all the levels it's held by uh brass four, four, one, so we mentioned there are nine worlds, and I think each world has, what, three to four levels? I think so, yeah. I think there is. What, yeah. What would you uh, uh, estimate is the world record? Uh, I don't know. 27 minutes, a minute for each stage. You're relatively close. Uh, 22 minutes and 43 seconds. Wow. So sometimes less than a minute per stage. That's pretty good time. And sometimes what I like to do when I'm looking at the records, I'll scroll through and see, like, is there like a really old record? Like, is there somebody who who got this record or, you know, had a really good time in this game and hasn't picked it up for, you know, several years? Uh -huh. And I came across uh, Jim Hansen and he was a very popular speedrunner. The Muppet on, guy? No, that's that's uh what did I say? Did I say Jim Henson? No, I Jim. Oh, you I said Jim Hansen. Okay, I was gonna say, and uh, I was like, did I say that right? Because I wanted to make sure I didn't say Henson. <laughs> uh, 
he was known on like Speed Demos Archive and GameFAQs uh, for running games early in its life cycle. His record set 13 years ago of 24 minutes and 49 seconds is still the eighth best time. Wow. And he used to have records for like Russian Attack, Super C, Ninja Gaiden back in the day. So he was a very well-known runner during the like mid 2000s. And it's just one of those people like Matt Turk, who I think I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. just kind of like was like, yeah, I think I'm done with it. I, I think I've done what I can. Interesting. I, uh, I, I'm glad that uh, uh, an early and I've never been huge into speed running, as we've mentioned on the show before. It's not usually something I go out of my way for, but I'm glad that somebody from the earlier times when it was just sort of getting started still has a pretty good record in this game that is, I mean, you know, obviously Felix the Cat on Nintendo is not like hailed as like, you know, one of the most, certainly not not one of the most popular video games on the Nintendo. We can at least admit to that much. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, there's still a record for the guy. That's cool. Yeah, it's interesting to see like some people who who will have those like old records and they still like hold up. It's like that always amazes me because that's back when before, you know, people were sharing videos all the time or sharing their strategies mm-hmm. and oh, you know, if you did this trick or oh, I figured out a way to completely skip worlds 8 through 9 or you know, like uh, 1 through 7, like it's just like some of those records that still hold up. It's it fascinates me. Yeah, for sure. Uh are there any uh interesting glitches uh for a oh. game like Felix the Cat? You know, I couldn't find any glitches or exploits or anything like that. In the speed run, he literally just goes through the levels as quick as he can, times his uh, collection of the power-ups, kind of like in a way that like, oh, I'm about to get to a stage where I need another power-up, so he'll have like 29 or 39, you know, have that 9 ready so that when he grabs the next power-up, it gives him, or, you know, the next icon, it gives him that power. Oh, yeah, that's 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 literally about it. I... It's, uh, I mean, good on Hudson Soft for designing a well-made game that doesn't glitch out. I mean, that's considering they probably, you know, slapped this game together as quick as they could because it was, you know, for a licensing right, they just wanted their money. Uh, well, yeah. Was they, I in the uh, on the Wikipedia page? It looks like it was developed by one person. That's the the weird thing. I, uh, uh, it it seems like it might have been one person, but the thing is, is uh, I. It can't be just one person because we'll get to the music and we'll talk about that. So it, it seems like this was developed potentially by at least a small team because, uh, yeah, there's no credits for this game. When you beat the game, there's no credits screen. So maybe it was very few or just one person. Yeah, just a handful of people. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i not sure. I I couldn't find much on the the... the you know, the, the the developers, aside from that one name and the fact that it was Hudson Soft. So I'm sure that that person must must be attached to Hudson Soft. Yeah, I thought maybe it was like an employee of Hudson Soft, but I couldn't even really find much other than like a couple things on. I mean, the, the person's name is uh, Shimada Kika, Kikaku. Um, I hope I pronounced that right. But um, he's credited as essentially devel- him or her is essentially developed credited as developing this game. And maybe it was a one-person project, but just, I don't know, like, you look at, uh, uh, you know, other games from that time, and there were teams and teams of people working on it. I just, 
would one person have done the Felix the Cat game and had it turn out as good as it did? I mean, I feel like that is very unlikely for the yeah. fact that around this time, a lot of people were working on that. And I can't imagine Hudson Soft would be like, hey, uh, Shimida, you mind uh, taking care of this one? We got a we got a tight schedule. We need everyone else uh, for something else. Yeah. Yeah. What? They needed everybody for a glitchy <laughs> Adventure Island game to put out like, well, you know, uh, I, yeah. I, I And let's face it back during this time beforehand more often, but, you know, even into the early 90s. A lot of video game uh, producers or, or developers, I should say, weren't getting the credit they deserved. Like their names wouldn't pop into the credits or they'd be pseudonyms or, you know, there wouldn't be credits. So, like, I'd love to learn more about the making of this game because I just don't know how much I buy that one person did it. And honestly, that, again, I feel like that's the story of Felix. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what Messimer claimed that he was the creator after like a certain point after Sullivan had passed and was like, yeah, I'm the one that created it. And it was that whole like, you know, like Disney thing again with Mickey Mouse. It's, you know, was the producer not giving the animators the credit that they deserved, like who created it. But Sullivan's name was attached to the product. Uh, yeah, there's no way to know for sure. There, there, It is almost utterly impossible for us to to know who uh, which of the two really created it and honestly the truth is likely somewhere in between where it's probably a joint effort and you know the other one was like well you know it was mostly me (laughs) i think mesmer should have painted sullivan's chicken coop and i think they would have resolved that issue way early in advance (laughs) paint my chicken coop make me make me (laughs) i Glitch, I tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, uh, let's do a word from one of our partners, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into the music. Imagine being stuck in a room for days, far from your friends and family while feeling sick and scared. Now, imagine being in that same room, but having access to online gaming, virtual reality, 3D printing, Lego robotics, and the ability to create your own Twitch channel. At CSMOT Children's Hospital, we use video game technology to improve our patients' lives and help them reach their therapeutic goals. But we can't do it without your help. Every device and interaction provided to our patients is paid for by the thoughtful donations of gamers like you. If you want to help, then go to tiltify.com slash mottchildren. That's T-I-L-T-I-F-Y dot com slash M-O-T-T children. There, you can make a one-time donation, or if you're a content creator, learn how to stream for Mott. So if you want to help other gamers like you, please visit tiltify.com slash children and play for the little victors. Oh, glitch. I, I, it, there, there are some games that it's the easiest thing in the world for me to handle the music. I, I try to be the one who's always the one who gets the hold of all the music information. You know, when we cover Mario Brothers, Koji Kondo, easy. Legend of Zelda, Koji Kondo, easy. Final Fantasy, Nobuo Matsu, yeah, 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 whatever. This is a cakewalk. Then you get to a game like Felix the Cat that has no credit screen. I was at a bit of a loss. After a little bit of research, I found that what is most likely the composer of of Felix the Cat is Tease Music. Tease Music. 
T, as in the letter T apostrophe S. It is a company that was founded by Tomoyuki Hamada. Uh, the company had, uh, according to my research, uh, did the music for Flicky and Outrun on the Genesis, as well as Bonk's Adventure on the Nintendo and the Game Boy, and then did the Game Boy and the Nintendo version of Felix the Cat. Uh, not a lot of games are are uh, listed for T's music, but it's a giant menagerie of people that like worked at this company. Uh, not a lot of which I you know recognize the names of or anything. So I, I don't know. Like we could list through every like employee's name, but I don't know how accurate it is or whatever. And for all I know, they didn't do the music for for this. You know, I, I I'm honestly uh, I sometimes I'm I'm dead set. You know, on a composer. Uh, you know, when when we cover, uh, uh, like I said, Mario, uh, Mario, Zelda, Final Fantasy, like so many of those, it's like, yeah, 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 we know that this is the person. He looks the cat. I'm real iffy on. Yeah, it's tough when we come across a game. I think it was Faster's Quest we did where there was literally no Wikipedia page for it. Yeah. And honestly, there wasn't really much of a Wikipedia page for Felix the Cat. It was, you know, some fan was like, oh, yeah, there's power-ups and, like, listen to power-ups and, like, that was, you know, about it. Uh, But uh, uh, first off, to to get you into the mindset of Felix the Cat, what we have uh, first is the opening song to the uh, uh, the 1950s cartoon. Uh, so let's go ahead and give this a listen to kind of get into that Felix the Cat mindset. Felix the Cat, the wonderful, wonderful cat. Whenever he gets in a fix, he reaches into his bag of tricks. Felix the Cat, the wonderful, wonderful cat. You laugh so much, your sides will ache, your heart will go pit a pad. Watch and Felix the wonderful cat. And that is the theme of Felix the Cat. Uh, nice little jingle. Uh, very, very of its time, 1950s. It's a very wonderful, wonderful song. Oh, <laughs> well, it makes my hat go pitter patter. <laughs> but only if you say pitter patter real quick in order to get it to fit into the music. Yep. I uh, reach into my bag of tricks. Indeed. Uh, well, let's go ahead and listen to the uh, title theme from uh, Felix the Cat on the Nintendo. Uh, let's give it a listen. <laughs> Felix the Cat. And I love that you can kind of hear the the title theme from the the 50s cartoon in there. Yep, the very beginning of it. Uh-huh. Yep. I uh, nice homage. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think that uh, uh, that turned out really well. Uh, but uh, next up, we have the uh, theme of World Two Egyptian excavation. Let's go ahead and give this a listen. I like that song has so much depth. I think I know it's like a short, like 40 second loop, but I feel like even, even in that 40 seconds, there's a lot that changes. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoy that theme. The, the music for this game is, uh, uh, really good. I'm sad that we don't know more about the specific composer, uh, that worked on Felix the cat. Cause I'd love to take a look at their other works and just sort of kind of compare and contrast. Uh, but, uh, finally, we have uh, the uh, 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 theme of World 5, Tranquil Island. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. the fact that uh the song kind of feels like it should be like a a first level theme but this is the theme of world five you're halfway through the (laughs) game and this is the song that you're listening to yeah because it's very 
almost a little bit tropical, mm-hmm. kind of like greens, greens ish, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like the, you know, I, I'm not going to go out and say that Felix the Cat has like, you know, oh, this is one of the best soundtracks on the Nintendo. Uh, but it's quite good for being such a kind of, you know, kind of a hidden gem uh, of the system, if you will. Uh, interesting you say that because in my blog where I did my top 10 hidden gems for the NES, this was one of the ones listed. Uh, understandably so. I This is certainly a game I would consider a hidden gem. This is not a game that you see talked about much when it comes to Nintendo video games. Uh, you know, and unlike something like uh, uh, Little Samson, which is kind of an, uh, you know, kind of a hidden gem, sort of, because it, like, wasn't very well played at the time, but now everyone knows about it. I still feel like not many people are really, you know, chatting about Felix the Cat on the Nintendo. Or Felix and Cat in general. That, too. Uh, So, Glitch, what are your final thoughts when it comes to Felix the Cat? Uh, Just whoever owns Felix, just make something. Like, give us more Felix. I want just something a movie a miniseries a you know cartoon i don't care i just i would like to see felix back he's he's such a great icon for over a hundred years and just never got his comeuppance he never got what he deserved yeah no for sure you're absolutely right i i would love to see uh more felix the cat and uh when it comes to felix the cat on the nintendo uh oh seventy dollars uh i i have a hard time recommending spending $70 uh, on this one, but, uh, you know, play it maybe any way you can. I don't understand what you mean, Craig, but sure. Uh, it's a shame there's no pirate-themed level in Felix the Cat. <clears throat> I mean, you could make one. You can make one. <laughs> anyway, Glitch, let's go ahead and jump on into our Retro Rewind. Ready to go back in time? It's Retro Rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. I'll get into CDI starting at $2.99. Say it. Sega! Sega! The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. So Glitch, October of 1992. I remember that. Uh, I was there. Yes. Yep. We were there. I... Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that I could talk about. Civil War in Bosnia, the Woodward Corridor Killer of Highland Park in the Detroit area, uh, apparently could have been captured months earlier. Uh, in the newspaper I opened up, I looked through a few of them uh, at the time. There's like a toddler that lost an eye in a carjacking. Ooh. Ross Perot was a thing. <laughs> Ross Perot. I love you mentioned all these like terrible things. You're like, and then Ross Perot, Ross Perot. (laughs) I think Uh, I'll vote for a third party. (laughs) Go ahead. Throw your vote away. Just angrily punching his hat because no one takes Ross Perot seriously. (laughs) I mean, he was the third party candidate that got the most votes in any U.S. history, I believe. Unless you consider what Roosevelt. Uh, I mean, at least in recent history. Right. They'd be Ross Perot. Uh, so instead, what I decided to do is I looked through the, the newspapers of October. It took me a little bit of time. But okay. October 7th, 1992, we see an advertisement for Farmer Jack. 
What do you say we chat about the prices of food from back then? Ooh, Farmer Jack. Yeah, let's do it. So Farmer Jack was a uh, grocery store chain in the Detroit area, at least, that went out of business like, what, 20 years ago or some nonsense? No, it's not that. They were still in business maybe seven years ago, eight years ago. I feel like it's been longer than that. I mean, I don't no, think 20 years. No, you're, no, it's not 20 years for sure. I can tell you that. Not 20 years. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. But I don't think it's been as short as eight years. I feel like it's been a little longer. All right. Well, while you're chatting about yeah. that, I'm looking it up. So I, I, in the paper, there is a uh, advertisement for a whole turkey for 59 cents a pound. Now, that's the sale price. So I... Uh, it listed that you'd be saving 60 cents. So it's still $1.20 a pound, which with inflation, that would be like uh, uh, $2.40 a pound right now. I think that actually might be a little more. Yeah, I was going to say, that didn't seem like that great of a price. I mean, 59 cents right off the bat, it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty low. But back then with inflation, I don't think that's that great of a price. Uh, well, even so, like I feel like Thanksgiving around that time grocery stores sell them for cheaper than that uh yeah i think like a buck a pound is what i typically see yeah i uh, a half gallon of milk was 99 cents uh which was you would say 50 cents so the usual price was a dollar 50 uh okay. with inflation that's three dollars a half gallon once again i think that's a little much yeah again milk really has i mean milk shot up a little bit Oh, like in wow. the early 2000s, but I feel like at least in the Michigan area, because we get a lot of stuff from Michigan dairy, our prices are what? Like less than two bucks a gallon now. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Kellogg's cornflakes were uh, $1.59 a box, which uh, okay. you saved a dollar four. So, you know, you're looking at a uh, uh, two sixty five roughly. Uh, so uh, that's like a little over five bucks a box, which it's about on par with what we pay for boxes of cereal these days, right? It's a little bit much, but I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. I just maybe food is just getting processed a lot cheaper nowadays. Probably. And that's why they're able to push those savings onto the consumer. Yeah. The only other thing I got was the price of uh, 12 packs cans of Pepsi. Uh, it was a sale for two for five. Uh, if you bought both, you'd be saving a dollar. So essentially, that was. Uh, uh, so like three bucks uh, uh, a twelve pack. Okay. Which uh, by the way, so inflation is six dollars a twelve pack. Oof. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so Farmer Jack uh, defunct in two thousand seven. So we were kind of like in the middle there. Uh, that's. The, I thought it had been yeah, a bit. Fourteen uh, years. 13, 14 years. Wow, almost fourteen yeah. years has been gone. That was the grocery store. Uh, that I always went to as a kid. It was just around the block from uh, where I lived. And so when they went out of business, it felt super weird going to Kroger. I was just like, who goes to Kroger? <laughs> Not realizing that everybody pretty much went to Kroger. Yeah. I mean, you kind of had to. And they and the, as someone that was working for Kroger at the time, they definitely offered a lot for those people that Farmer Jack, you know, those employees, which they got kind of screwed from Farmer Jack because they were handling their pension and everything. And it wasn't a pretty sight. Yeah. yeah. I, I heard that it was a real mess. Yeah. Um, so for October 92, I, as usual, looked up what notable releases came out in mm -hmm. that month. So yeah. worldwide, 
So we all got Super Double Dragon on the Super Nintendo, which I thought was a very fun game. It didn't uh, do so well as far as um, reviews and stuff, but I I like that game a lot. Yeah, not a bad game, I would say. In uh, Japan, they got Spot on the NES. Cool not Cool Spot. Oh. But Spot, same 7-Up character. That's the one. Spot is the one where it's like, like circles on a, gr- on a grid, and then if you overlap them, you control their circles kind of thing. Oh, right. That's not yeah. nearly as no. good as Cool Spot. Uh, so Japan also got the Adams Family on the SNES. You'll like this one, Landstalker for the Genesis. Ooh, that's a solid game. For the Sega Game Gear, they got Batman Returns. And then for the Game Boy, they got the wonderful Super Mario Land 2. Ah, full circle. There so it is. So they came, came out the same month. Man, I... Uh, but we didn't see it until uh, a little bit later. That's true, yeah, yeah. Uh, in North America, I'm oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? Oh no, I was just gonna say that I, I, I feel like Mario Land Two might be the superior platformer between that and Felix. I mean, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we we didn't get it until you know a little bit later. So you know, go on. So in North America, we got Crash and the Boys for the NES. Oh boy, Dragon Warrior Four. Oh, there we go. Gargoyles Quest Two. Power Blade 2. For the Super Nintendo, we got Simpsons, Bart's Nightmare, and your favorite Final Fantasy, Mystic Quest. Oh, Mystic Quest. You have (laughs) such good music. And that's it. We got Alien 3 on the Genesis. Xander's favorite, Bionic Commando for the Game Boy. Oh, nice. For the Sega Game Gear, we got Tasmania, which was a favorite of mine. And... On October 12th, Sega released the Sega CD along with Night Trap and Sewer Shark. I, I love that this month gave us a little something for all of us. I got, you know, Landstalker in Japan and uh, uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. You know, Xander gets uh, his game. You get a game and uh, Chop's got the awful, awful Sega CD. <laughs> Matrick got his Dragon Warrior 4. I mean, yeah, there is a little bit. LPJ got his Power Blade 2. Yeah, there right? a little bit of everything. There, there's something for all of us. And honestly, I, this kind of brings me to the, to the idea, eventually we should cover, whether it's an episode or a Game Shark, I would love to cover the fourth generation of gaming, which in my, in my mind is the best generation. Uh, fourth it gen was, would have been Super Nintendo? So it's Super Nintendo, Game Boy... I mean, that's like right when all that stuff, Sega CD, that's CDI. You lost me with some of that, but the Super <laughs> Nintendo is the best system ever made. So, all right, I'm with you. I just feel like with the addition of Game Boy and the Super Nintendo, with those two being in the same generation, I almost feel like that's possibly the greatest generation. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think there was so. so much happening in that era there. Yeah, that was a giant era for gaming, for sure. Uh, it was uh, we uh, in some cases, I think that we were pretty blessed to be young during that time. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and in, in some cases, I think that you could look at that and think, oh, well, that's a little bit of a nostalgic bias. But honestly, I think when you look back at all those games, they hold up a lot better than other generations that were after and then came, you know, have since come uh, or uh, came before. Sonic the Hedgehog, Link to the Past, Super Metroid. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's hard to go wrong. You know, they're, they're, you know, you look at one generation later and the games are so good 
for their time. You know, and there are gems. Like, I'm not going to say that they're all like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just really interesting that uh, uh, it, it's a it's a generation of gaming that aged better than almost everything else in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Glitch, I tell you what, that sounds like a wonderful Game Shark uh, episode uh, <laughs> that we don't cover at the end of the month. You and I do something completely different. Uh, but uh, uh, let's uh, instead jump into our uh, a music bracket. So, I uh, we have a uh, 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 a theme that I wish was Needleman's theme, as I always wish themes were Needleman's theme. <laughs> uh, we have from Mega Man Ten. Uh, composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami, Yoshimoda, Hiroki Isogai, Manami Matsume, and Yasuaki Fujita. Oh, so many great composers. Uh, we have the theme of Strike Man. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. a song from a sports video game i believe you and hail it is the greatest sports theme from any video <laughs> game uh that is an awesome theme and it really does sound like it belongs in a sports game which is fitting for strike man with his kind of baseball uh themed yeah he's just a giant game. robot baseball yeah basically i uh, next up is a song that i wish was needle man as i wish all themes were needle man from Mega Man 3, composed by Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita, who's on Mega Man 10, we have... What? Needleman! It's Needle... It, it, it's Needleman. Did you say Needleman? Needleman! It's actually, for real this time, Needleman. Let's have a brief pause. 
A moment of silence for this joke, which is dead. And then listen to the theme of Needleman. who uh don't know uh well for one thing it's a, an amazing theme i think that goes without saying uh but in case you haven't heard the story from previous episodes of legend of retro uh where we've talked about it before uh the theme of needleman is especially funny for us in legend of retro uh because of uh, uh a buddy of of uh, mine and sanders and a bit of chops as well is uh, our buddy Tans, uh, who we've brought up on like uh, episodes that involve Smash Brothers and stuff. Uh, there was one time where we were uh, uh, listening to Mega Man music, and like everyone in the car was guessing it. Xander was like driving because he knows every like Mega Man theme ever. And my memory gets like I I know Mega Man music, but I don't like if I listen to a theme, I have a hard time being like, oh, that is this Robot Master from this game. I just think I listen, and I go, oh wow, I like that. Uh, our buddy Tans, uh, it was like his turn. And so we were going through Mega Man 3's music. So we knew it was three. And so every time he guessed, it'd be like, you know, Sparkman's theme. He'd be like, Needleman, Needleman? Is it Needleman? And like turn after turn, he kept getting it wrong. And so finally, this theme comes on and he's just like, man, I'm stumped. He's just like, I I, I just, uh, I can't think of what it is. And we're like, Tans. You, you you got this. You know it. You know it. And he was just like, oh, guys, I, I really don't know it. And we're like, Tans, you know this song. And he was like, guy, I, I'm telling you, I don't know this theme. And we're like, oh, my God, it's Needleman. Why didn't you say it again? And so it was just this really stupid, hilarious moment. 
and and so now anytime Needleman gets brought up, our response is Needleman, Needleman, Needle is it Needleman? Uh, and so hence the the gag of Needleman. But it is an amazing theme. It's not just here for a joke. Uh, and if you've made your decision, go ahead and uh, uh, jump on to our Facebook account, our Twitter page. Uh, if you go to uh, gamesillamedia.com. You can jump into our Discord. We have a link there. There's a vote there. Uh, and then you also uh, have our Patreon page. Uh, now, uh, Glitch, when it comes to our Discord and when it comes to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, I know there's a few things that you'd like to say. Go ahead and do so. Yeah. So obviously with Patreon, you can get that $1 bonus. If you are a $1 member for that vote, um, if you're generous enough to give us $5, you get additional content from, from us, Legend Retro. You get Game Chart. Once a month, we release an episode just for our patrons at the $5 level, and we do something special for you guys. So we'll do what's coming up at the end of this month. Craig and I got together, and we did a Rhythm of Retro. It was the first time we've done one together, so we were pretty excited, and I think you guys really enjoy it. But you also get access to everything before that. So we this is literally the end of round one. This is the last matchup. Of round one. So if you want to go back to the beginning of the season, we released the draft where all of us sat down and picked our votes. So you get to know who picked Needleman or who picked Needleman or the other 30 Needlemans that are in the competition. You whoa, get to know whoa, who whoa, whoa, Glitch. Whoa. Are, are you telling me that if someone listened to that draft, they know who picked Needleman? Right. Would they also know who picked Needleman? Yes. But also, would they know who picked Needleman? It's, it goes to say, they'll know. That's amazing. Needle, man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, joking aside, I think I think Game Shark, we definitely try to give you guys the value for it. Uh, we definitely appreciate everything that you contribute. So even at the dollar, $1 level, we, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, but to talk about Discord, we just recently wrapped up our community playthrough of Breath of Fire 3. And we're looking to do another one. So if you guys want to join in our community plays, definitely hit that link at gameslmedia.com to join our Discord. And we'll be doing a poll vote to see what game we're going to do next. Who knows? Uh, we we think we try to give you guys enough variety to pick, whether it's platformers, RPGs, something short, something long, something you've never played before, something you've played millions of times. We just like the community to kind of choose and decide, and then we'll put up essentially a walkthrough with uh you know uh goal you'd stay yeah and uh uh the other thing to consider is the fact that uh when we finish those uh community playthroughs uh we've previously done and we're going to try to do moving forward uh for them is uh do special episodes that we release where we talk about our experience with the community playthrough and like kind of just our play-by-play of the the game and the everything uh so it doesn't function like a regular episode but we pull from uh all the members of our discord what they thought of the community playthrough so if you've played through it then you get a say in the matter so uh you know by all means jump on into our discord play along with us not only just to chat and you know about old video games and uh uh, play these games but also so that you know you can uh kind of get access to uh being in an episode of the legend of retro uh you know something fun to consider uh but uh glitch i think it's time that we go back to the silent era we say goodbye to our listeners uh so that's all the time we have for today but 
We'll see y'all next time when the legend continues.